you know, I walked in the back door, man, and I robbed this place at gunpoint. And uh, I share that a lot and I don't romanticize about it and I don't think it's cool. But are you happy? My name is Roger Berry. I'm your host today, and we have a human performance coach, my boy Brandon Glade BG. He's here with us today. Howdy, today. howdy. We're gonna be talking about a lot of cool stuff today. Amen, brother. We uh, we have all topics on the table. Give me one thing in the last week that's been amazing for you. Like, what's one great thing in the last week that's happened? You know, um, I think uh, every day is just the ability to wake up and be able to be a, an agent of change in, within your sphere of influence, your community, your family, your workplace, um, even social media platforms, as corny as that may sound. Uh, in the past week, um, two weeks almost too, man, I've, I've, I've walked through some heavy battles with people who've called on me with the pain and suffering I've put myself through to help and walk shoulder to shoulder with them through their pain and suffering and as tough as that is and the emotional wear and tear that someone trying to help can take it's also you know just an honor and a privilege to be called upon because uh, like i say the only thing that used to be called upon me was the cops so, <laughs> <laughs> so you help i mean you're so much more than a human performance coach performance coach you do a lot um you know, yeah, I, I, I generally, you know, I try to, I've been kind of living by this ethos. I've been thinking a lot lately. We hear the term unsung heroes a lot, you know, people that, uh, and you look up, first of all, you look up the word unsung, and I believe it's um, not celebrated or praised. Um, the beauty, I think, in that is um, there's a lot of them out there, a lot of great people that help and are agents of change and use their story, if you will, to help inspire others and um and be a means of support um and you know for me you know that's that's where it's just been the hugest aspect of being called upon and and have to you know rise to that occasion and um you know i was talking to somebody at work today you know what people don't see is that you know when you're involved in certain programs that deal with recovery you know the aas the nas your name's on a list if you choose they'll generally you know, send a paper through the room and you can put your name and number down. Um, yeah, man. And you get calls from people you don't know. And that could be at 3 a.m. or 3 p.m. And, you know, these people are broken and lonely and you might be broken and lonely. But it's that day where you were able to step outside of your own little self, your own little pity party or even a great day and be of service. Um, by the way, they say if it's not an inconvenience, you're not being of service. But no, I get it. That yeah, that people. So I can see that. I do a lot to bring it back to the question you asked um, and the stuff that I do do that I really, I love and I'm grateful that people call me for is uh, helping people, man. And it's not just sobriety. You know, there's people out there that deal with eating issues. There's people out there that have shopping issues. There's people out there that gamble against their own and shop and against their own financial um, demise. Uh, there's so many aspects out there and, and I, and, and I try, you know, I try to, Glade Pro is not fitness, it's not uh, 
anything other than I'm branding myself, I'm marketing myself through the pain and suffering I put myself through. I don't blame it on anybody, but I've, you know, there's things called blessings in disguise. And uh, if we don't share the turmoil with another brother or sister, that one thing you do or say can just change their life. Because I know people have done things and said things, whether they knew it or not, that helped me change for the better. Little one-liners, little every little nuance, um, things that I take. So I'm grateful for that. But um, yeah, man, you know, just trying to, you know, even not have my own personal stuff going on. And uh, um, that doesn't matter. You know, a lot of times you'll never know the war that's going on inside somebody. So make sure you're nice and kind to people because there's been a lot of times where I've just been a dick, I've been an asshole, I've been a jerk. Am I, you know, they, as they say, your ego is not your amigo. And I've hurt people verbally, physically. Some people that were going through stuff I found out about and you just feel horrible, you know? Yeah, you have no idea yeah, what they're going you, through. Yeah, you just be like, freak out. So you know, man, they just got done with their first bout of chemo or something like that. So that's, so those are the things I think about it, not to get off on a tangent, but you know where, I have to self-check myself, but revolve around that whole thing is, um, for me, just being transparent, being forthright on what I divulge in my own personal life and personal struggles within my myself, my job, my family. Um, that's Glade Pro, man. That's We're here for one another. All walks of life, all differences of belief and faith and political affiliations. That doesn't matter. The matters is is one human helping the next. And if that's any kind of branding or marketing, is Glade Pro. It's not that. I just so happen to be blessed to work with some great athletes, some great humans, some great business people, um, some amazing pillars in their communities, world champions, title holders, um, Olympic medalists, Olympic athletes, um, and this has all just come about of just me taking the next step to the promptings of God. And, you know, that's another sticky subject for people. But, you know, as I always say, believe in something or fall for anything. And the only way I can tell you that I do know there's God, because when the world and the world will strip you of everything. And the only thing you're going to have left is God. People ask me, how do I know there's God? Well, I look outside, I see beautiful creations and I see the wind. It's not not technically, but I see the effects. I can feel it. I can see its effect on a tree. So I know it's there. You know, that's God to me, too. He, he's a power outside yourself that can restore you to sanity. Um, and, you know, not to get on this topic, but I'm really strong about that. I think that we, we're in a society who is frowned upon. I, I don't care, man. Christian, Catholic, Mormon, Jehovah Witness, um, just go, Buddhism, uh, my Muslim brothers and sisters, you know, I did prison time, man. I talked to people that practice those faiths, regardless of we did. How long were you in prison? Um, altogether about six years. I've done three terms of incarceration. So if you sweep those crumbs together, that's. You're a vet, bro. So, yeah, well. Um, you said what you did to yourself, right? You took ownership of all the, everything. Check, check. Is this thing on or did it fall out? Oh, there we go. You're good. Yeah, you're good. Check. You're there good. Go. Um, yeah, you're good. Um, you take ownership of everything. You say, hey, this is what I did to myself, you know, because a lot of people are like, well, what happened to me was or whatever it might be. And I've noticed myself. I always say, hey, man, this is what I put myself through. No one else did this. No one else made that decision. How hard was it for you to come to terms with that? And what did it take for you to even come close to that point? Well, there's a couple points. 
to come to terms with a lot of those things, you know. The first one was my first term when I was just a confused kid, you know. And let me go put this out there. I always tell people, man, my story is no reflection on how I was raised. You know, my family had its problems of its own, as my mom used to say. Drugs and alcohol didn't run in the family, galloped. But my parents were good. I was raised in a good home, a good Christian home. They put me in private schools because they already knew that I was a bad out of hell with the ADD kid that I was. But uh, they wanted best for me. And I didn't think of that at the time. I just was like, all my friends I live with in my community uh, all go to public schools and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, fast forward to now, I'm so glad that I have that faith connection, which which helps me with those things that I encounter in my day to day, you know, and helps me be honest with people because, you know, one thing that helps anybody approach somebody is your transparency and your honesty to a fault. Even, you know, uh, sometimes I might divulge too much, but, um, you know, kind of like, uh, your, your assistant walks in and, you know, we're talking about so-and-so and, and I, I said some of the effect of, yeah, well, thank God I stopped smoking crystal meth. I mean, I seriously, like that. that. But, you know, it is what it is. But it's, I still have my teeth. <laughs> dude, that's the big one right there. Look at, here's another thing. If you don't, if you've, anybody's going to go, go through stuff in life, right? If you don't learn, also believe to joke about it and find some humor in it because you've healed from it, then you haven't healed from it. Do you so. think that's when you know you've healed from it? When you can genuinely laugh about it? Yeah, when you can laugh at it. And then also when you can see what you put yourself through, uh, what, it, you know, what it did to your family, your friends, and, you know, people that loved you and surrounded you too. So, yeah. Cause I know how it is to like put yourself through all this stuff and then like you lose relationships, people change. They don't, you know what I mean? And it's, and that was for me, I think really when I was like, man, everybody fucking hates me. You know what I mean? Like no one wants to be around me. I thought there's levels of that that are true. Oh, 100 percent. When we do things, people generally dislike it and morphs into, yeah, hate, uh, you know, uh, just heavy anger. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of that is, is due in part that pressure that becomes the agent of change. You know, you either get worse, you know, or you get better and uh, thankful that, you know, and it doesn't always happen that first time. You know, a lot of times it happens, you know, look, my story is a constant, you know, first second third three times a charm um i hate to use that term what did you do to get go to jail the first so time? first term uh it's high on speed because i'm not that human when i'm sober obviously uh i robbed a local taco shop and to this day when i say that i feel like a piece of shit as i should right uh, but i was confused it was stupid maybe i was you know trying to live out a rap song that i liked you know, I walked in the back door, man, and I robbed this place at gunpoint. And uh, I share that a lot, and I don't romanticize about it, and I don't think it's cool, but it is the truth, and it did, did happen. And the only way I can make things better is make sure I don't do that again and maybe help someone else make a good decision in their life. My second term, I got out. I tried to do better, tried to get back to meetings. I was still young, um, and then just kind of got back into partying and thinking I could manage it. And next thing you know, it's back to the hardcore shit, hanging out with gangsters. And we were rushing in. Our, here, here's our tweaker dope fiend mentality and rational rationale is let's rob drug dealers for their drugs and their drug money. Cause I can't so go the fuck please. Yeah. No. So that's all spun out. We were knowing that, Hey, you also go to those houses or those apartments or those condos, you know, that they're packing. There's, shitty people in and out but here's the deal man when you're in the street 
There is no rules in the streets. So my second term, I got back into the crap again, and I. What were you uh, doing? What we were drugs? Doing home invasions and and uh, on drug dealers, and uh, finally got popped for one, and um, did my time and got out. And that was the toughest one because a lot of people that I did wrong and robbed or people that knew me mm -hmm. probably thought something different of me. Like at that point, a lot of people after my first term knew I was just, you know, screw off and you know just pretty much disowned me and rightfully so. Um, what drugs were you using? I was I was a tweaker, man. But okay. the funny part is my third term kind of begot from this. So spun out on meth both terms. Uh, I even got high a little bit while I was in. And that was a tough moment because I was like, you know, because they sneak everything in there. Too. Of course. And there's other stories in there as far as like, you know, yeah, man, you can get drugs, whatever you want there. Um, but that was if I can't stop in here, why don't we have to stop? So. Um, and then by my third term, I blew my knee out skating. I had a buddy of mine that was like a big wakeboarder and he is always injured. He blew his knees out. I called him as a, Hey dude, I didn't have insurance at the time. And he gives me a big old sandwich bag full of Norcos. And that was it. The rest was history. That Damn. turned into Oxycontins. Oxy's got expensive. And that turned into just going in the hood and getting tar heroin. This is before fentanyl started coming. Yeah, in. I was going to say, around, but it was like. Not what it is now, because you now. can't even find heroin anymore. It's all fentanyl. No, it's all fentanyl. It's yeah. too, it's I've talked to a couple of people. Easy. They don't need to grow a plant for that. You know. I've but, talked um, to Yeah, and then you know my, that third term, what happened was is I witnessed a man harassing a young teenage girl, and I'm not justifying it, but I cracked his freaking head open. And let me go out there and say this. This current day and age and this current administration is pressing the normalization of pedophilia in the terms of map minor attracted person that's sick and demented they're pushing for the chemical castration under the guise of gender affirmation of children through mutilation practices and it's just insane right now so i stand up for the kids i stand up for also these women who have sacrificed a lifetime in sport to now deal with these woke stupid programming i don't know if that's good that's true out of there. it's no you're, you know, I, I you're see, good i see enough podcasts where you know no, you're good freedom of speech it is freedom of speech say whatever the fuck you want with men who have a little bit of a crisis in their mind and their health and I, my heart goes out to them that anybody that's you know born with a penis and thinks they should have had a vagina that's called mental health issue. dude that is not i um, god made a made a mistake <laughs> Uh, and gave me a different body. No, it doesn't work. That so way. here's a funny story about that. I'm on dating apps, right? Yeah. All right. So you're like swiping through. And when I signed up, it asks you like you like dudes or do you like chicks? It's going to be, you know, one or the other. Yeah, I get it. Uh, I get I like chicks. There's no transgender option. And so, yeah, so, now so you're you'll be swiping, apps, bro. Right? And you'll just get, you know, Brian, who feels yeah, like a fucking chick. Apple with lipstick. Dude. and it's like i don't care do your own thing just like not me dog uh, you know you know at, yeah and i and look at let me i'm not here to clown on nobody um or yeah i don't like take that. offense to us but it's some of that but shit's don't force insane your ideologies on me thank you because i look at man and i'm gonna stand up man a lot of this uh, people that just hate this country and you know with this you know here's another thing my sister is going to see this and she's going to be like, oh, my God, he's such an asshole. He doesn't yeah. have any. I was like, fuck you. Fuck Here, Here's that. the problem, though, right now. OK, we are dealing with. When news outlets currently push a narrative that we know is not objective truth. And what is what is the term objective truth? The God honest, forthright truth. 
when they are pushing an agenda and a narrative that is not objective truth and you have no choice and they can do that at any given time, that's when you need to raise questions. Look at man, I'm not trying to get Trump, Biden. Um, I didn't vote for any of those schmucks anyways. So I'll just put that out there so you don't put me in a box, homie. Uh, <laughs> but what you're seeing now with this current administration is just, I think Trump yanked the wheel so hard to the right that once the left got it back, they went wham. Dude, it's it's insane. Like, shout out to uh, Matt Walsh. He did an amazing um, uh, movie called What is a Woman? You can't find it anywhere. You literally have to look it up and go on his website because guess what? Everyone that owns these big platforms, and this might be cut out too, uh, once their narrative pushed and it doesn't no keep it we keep it all in here unless you tell me otherwise because like i think like for instance if you read the washington post you might as well just read a cartoon for sure yeah it's a joke it's insane it's a fucking joke so that's why a lot of the info i get and a lot of the info i go for i like to go straight to the person or i like to kind of get a little bit of both opinions or f- facts yes and then try to make a decision because yes. you can't really fucking believe anything you hear no man and, and and you know the foxes and the cnns of the world are all guilty so let's get that out there you guys 100 percent. you can't blame one side for pushing a narrative and saying the other side's not that's just that doesn't work that way uh we all know that we all know it's a fact you can see it out there you can go dug go you know i don't have a rogan hey jamie can you go look that up <laughs> yeah go uh, look that I up bro. I but I've, i have done my research and i and and here's another thing, like, I work with a lot of athletes. I work with a lot of female athletes. Um, and I'm going to call people out right now. And I don't care. And you guys can shun me and unfollow me. Boo-hoo. This is freedom of speech. And this is fact and objective truth. There's a skateboard promotion competition series called Exposure. It's all about promoting skateboarding to girls and women. Well, now they're obviously, you already know where I'm getting with this. Now they're having contests where little Johnny, because his parents want to follow a fad to have trans kids because it's pop culture and cool, is has a dress on and he's competing in little Sally's division now. And this is not fair. That's fucked. It That's fucked. Fair. Women have pushed for equality, inclusion for hundreds of years in this country and globally. And now, hear me loud and clear. Look me in the eye through that camera and tell me that that's fair, that this parent is pretty much grooming their child because I believe it to be a pop culture fad trend that you got to have a trans kid. Just like all the movie stars, let's let the girls be boys and little boys, you know, dress up like little girls. It's out there. And, and you know what? That's fine. You can do that. But when you push it and groom it and kind of foster it and fluff it, that's where the freaking bullshit comes in. Because I grew up with an older sister. She could dress me up in a dress and makeup, and I could wear it for a day or an hour. But my parents let us be and let us cultivate our childhood together with the good stern. Yeah, they weren't shoving it down your throat. So fast forward to now. You have these entities, the Olympics, the World Surf League, are now telling these girls that there's a possibility you can have a trans athlete on just the fact of their hormonal count and their testosterone count. You bumped your fucking heads. And I'm trying not to use that word in this whole thing because I promised my mom I would. Um, I, I, I really it just sickens me. It, it, I, I feel for um, the parents of these kids that are, are, are especially girl, it's girls. Because here's the irony of all this one, right? Show me a woman that's trying to bulk up and bolster up and to go compete against men because it's not going to happen. Oh, oh, Brandon, are you a biologist? You don't have to be. Okay, just don't be an idiot and don't uh, and don't tell me that. Uh, you know, genetic coding and and your biological makeup don't play a part. 
you know it is i've studied i, I work well, like men are naturally stronger than women i don't care so like if the problem is is there's people that are so brainwashed that, that you know we don't care but you know it's it, yeah, but it doesn't make any sense, right? Like, for me to be like, all right, I'm going to go play. I, you know what? I feel like a chick, so I'm going to go play in the WNBA, even though I'm already an NBA player. Yeah. Like, I forget who said it, but it was like somebody had spoken about this on another podcast. I don't remember which podcast it was, but they're like, could you imagine if fucking LeBron went to the NBA, WNBA? What if yeah. LeBron woke up one See, day and he was like, take, though, dude, gosh. that dude would be averaging like a buck 50, that's 20 assists. It's already happened in MMA. It's you can look up. that up too. There's trans oh. athletes that went in there and just what was the eye out of some chick's orbital because, well, it's a man. What about men yeah. uh, and trans, <laughs> trans men in prison are going to women's prison impregnating the inmates? The lunacy, yo, and all this, no, for it's real. Just, if, I just I don't get how people accept it. I don't get how there's still parents. If I went to prison, though, dude, I think I might head that route. Well, well here's the thing that's not a, I might go trans for some prison like, time. Hey, my system says I can be trans and go to a woman's prison and still get off. Like, yeah, yeah. there's sick, it's a sick, world. you might as well get sick with it. I won't. Um, but uh, and again, I tell this to people, I post about it, I pro- hashtag protect the children. Uh, fight for women's rights still god bless them um because this current administration obviously does not care about child uh children or women um like i said earlier uh it just as of late dude it's really it's really cheaped me off raj but uh anyways um but i'm also known as a guy that i'll I'll stand up for myself and what i believe in and i'll fight it tooth and nail but here's another thing is i know that there's a term divide and conquer and i do believe that uh I, I don't want to play into that because I do love everybody. I love all my brothers and sisters, no matter what you believe in and what you look like and how you vote, uh, what sport you play, whatever the case may be. I truly do. I do love people. I love to help people. Um, and I don't want, you know, I've already been dumb transphobic. And, uh, you know, a dear friend of mine I grew up with, man. Um, I don't think you're transphobic. Well, you seem like you I'm seem not, like somebody I, who's. I don't care. I want people to be who they are, but when it yeah. starts to be a detriment society, like it's becoming, where women are getting everything they've worked for infringed on because a man wants to identify as one to compete against them, is where it just becomes unfair. Or See, little Johnny. Uh, it's is, a bathroom thing where you lose me because I have a six-year-old. So, hey, listen, I don't. It's not, and it's, and it is. Like, I don't care what anybody says. It's not the same thing. If a chick walks into the guy's bathroom, most guys are going to be like, I don't give a fuck, right? It's other way around. Again, it's just right. not the case. It's but where it's an it, attack it, on women because women ain't going to the dude's bathroom. No. Well, if you're at a club, I've seen them sneak into the stall. That's We already know that story. You're out partying. You yeah, no. Gang, you gang, baby. You got to... You got to drop the bag yeah, sometimes. Bro, but, you know? Yeah, totally. But yeah, and that's another thing too, man. Men out there that have daughters that uh, are still going to be like, yeah, dude, it identifies. No, man, they're sick. They're predators. They're coming for you. You know, and, and, and the thing is, is only, the, you know, what's going to make things change is a trans athlete's going to injure a woman and they're going to start looking at it differently. And or, you know, what if you got a LeBron to go to the WEA? What if freaking Gabriel Medina decided to go compete in, in the women's, division in the world surf league right i mean i, I would i'd watch the fuck up out of Bethany that hamilton god bless you um i know you st- stood up for um you know for your thoughts and beliefs and faith and uh you left the world surf league so 
Oh, did I say her name right? Yeah. She got her arm bitten off by a shark, but I think. Oh, you know what? So I just read about her and how interesting she's this was. Woman. She's just insane surfer still, one arm. How do you get on the fucking board with one arm? Like, how does that work? Dude, and he, I've surfed where she got her arm taken away from her and to paddle back out after you want to talk about you know a lot there's many versions of PTSD but here's the thing by her love you can tell that she's a woman of faith you know but she's also here's another thing is you know God didn't make doormats either you know we're all warriors Uh, we're all going to go through things and have to stand up for what we believe in and uh, these are dark times man but I think things can get better but I also believe biblically and uh, revelation doesn't end too well when you were in prison I mean, any other times, walk me through that. Like, what do you, the first time specifically, you go in, I mean, everything's been stripped. I've done a couple of overnighters, but, um, you hey, know, but. Time's time, man. I tell everybody. <laughs> I think everybody should be required to do at least you know, a jail, day in jail, just so everybody knows what it is. You did a couple hours in a drunk tank, or no. you did a couple years, or a couple decades, like, God's going to give you exactly what you need, because, you know, uh, that's a good way to say it. I like yeah, that. for I sure, like that. man. I like, like that. For one night in a drunk tank can really fry somebody scared straight. As they say. Well, people don't realize when you're sitting in there and you got nowhere to yeah. go, and it doesn't even even if you had somewhere to go, you can't. If you want to just fresh air, you can't do it. Yeah. It's everything. Yeah, let's call a couple things out too, because I know there's a lot of dudes that there's, there's a lot of, I'm not, and I'm not gonna say no names, but there's a lot of dudes that are amazing motivational coaches that have done a bunch of time that now like there's a youtuber i could say his name but he's a big prison guy and he's all jacked oh i've seen him he was in like san quentin or something right i don't know where he did i think he was in san quentin here i want to say he's from north county he's a big boy yeah yeah but they you know dude these you know he got out took again he took his identity his product and branded himself through his experience and what he's been through, and you know, I do that. That dude's killing. It. I think he lives in Ranch Saint. I think his name's Wes. Wes. How many people do you see though that are just? Uh, uh, this bothers me. What about motivational speakers? Have who have never been through anything? Like you, my, my one of my favorites. I'm sorry, man, but if you're below thirty five, you ain't a freaking life coach. Yeah. You battled cancer forty times, and uh, shout out to all you though out there that are cancer battlers and survivors. You know who's one of my favorite guys I, right I now? I hate the life coach thing, and it drives like me a twenty five year old. Um, but that's the thing nowadays is all y'all youngsters. That goes for you guys too. <laughs> you guys uh, had grew up uh, gang gang. My buddy baby. calls it my buddy. Uh, shout out to Yuli. He calls it Google Smart. We didn't have that, right? We had to go to like Encyclopedia Britannica or make a phone call. Um, but, yeah, so you get these, these youngsters that are like wise beyond their years. Yes, this is the age of information, and yes, but what you don't have is life experience. What you don't have is time on this planet, and that's a big game. They just read a bunch of Instagram quotes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. what it is. Because like, you know who I but, like? But is Inky Johnson. Them, but they're changing and having an impact in a positive way on people's lives. Hallelujah. Yeah, I mean, but all right. So like, I like uh, Inky Johnson. You know that is. Yeah, I love Inky. Inky, look at, look at look at you can just tell what he's already been through. Bruh, he has got it going on. You know, I love listening to Inky. Uh, Eric Thomas, dude, he's ET, pretty good. Your boy. Yeah, ET, dude, ET, dude. ET, man, like all those guys. But look at dude, and I'm not looking. You don't need to go through some pressure cooker in life and be homeless or whatever the case may be, prison, to be a great motivational coach, speaker, and help change people's lives. Okay, people, let's get that out there. 
But you got to do awesome. something more than well, you know. You know yes, you know. I, and look at it, it's so everything is saturated now. So I don't care if you're going into podcasting or being a motivational speaker or whatever. I just over time, dude, is I just freaking. Um, I realized like when I got out, right? There's so many facets to the story, but I, my two terms, I got to fight fire, right? My first term, I was at on was a level four prison. But my points had dropped, and it's a point system on what security level you are. You like hardcore, you know, double lifer. You're, you're not gonna have, you know, but you still have guys that have to clean up outside of the prison. You have, I was an inmate who got into the firehouse my first term and was able to become well versed in first aid. I mean, doing prisons cracked off. Who scoops the bodies up is the inmate firefighters do. Um, and then, but they'll get that twisted in the California system. You have. Every prison's like a small city, so they have to have a fire department there. Okay. Because they house like 4,000 plus inmates. Now, with California is so twisted and overcrowded. But every every prison has a fire department. And generally, in that department, you have eight inmate firefighters and like a couple captains and one chief that are all normal captains and chiefs. Okay. Um, so, my first term, I we got to fight a little bit of fire, but um, uh, I just ran a bunch of medical aids. So, I got to see firsthand how heavy shit was on a different scale, you know, and holding dude's neck shut. They've been sliced open. I'm not sure where we were going with that question. You know? How many people though have you like, like, no, that's where I'm headed with it. When you see somebody sliced up, like, is that still something is like, maybe, I mean, it's, it's going to fuck with you. Something you remember. Is that something when you got out of prison, you were like, damn, I can get that out of my head. It's just, a, it's a two front war for a guy like me. Here's what I mean by that. When I'm out here in public, and I see people acting like punks or I see big dudes that, you know, just kind of abuse of power just because they're big. Mm -hmm. You know, from what I've been through, whether you're a freaking midget or giant Samoan, sorry, little people, uh, or anything in between, I'm just talking like, you know, if you're a freaking a punk, and I know because I've been there and I've watched people abuse of power, you know, Here's another thing too, man, and at least in my race in prison, and I'll call them out too, is the dudes that run it generally, because I got I got jumped by the skinheads because I, I wasn't going to go, okay, you guys can shoot dope in your arm that came in to the prison yard through CO. the black dude's ass, yeah, but you it. can put that dope in your body, but I can't go play basketball with my black brothers. I can't sit down and have a top ramen with them it's all you can separated. Sit and chop it up and hang out yeah but this is i'm talking about the california system is very racial but that's how the inmates run it the whites are allies with the essays the mexicans right the south mexicans now oh we're allies thing. with the mexicans yeah oh, that's good news well yeah you know anyways i just i would take it over right the Asians, so but the way that saying? they run it is very anything's hypocritical right so i i used to i hated that but I was also born and raised in a Christian home. When I got in there, I knew God had me there for a reason. So I seeked God while I was in there and not out of, I'm afraid of my life. I'm a tough kid, dude. I grew up with two older brothers. I grew up in a culture of surfing where we beat up and fight each other and rat pack and fight other surfers. And, and, you know, my brother was a martial artist. So I got to be the crash test dummy. So that was another thing in high school. You weren't going to beat me up harder than my brother did. So I wasn't afraid of nobody. So and then after going through prison, that was my worst thing is out here, how it affects me. Like I said, it was a two front war is, you know, a lot of motherfuckers. I just want to slap, I but, bet. but I can't, and it doesn't mean it's right, but that's all part of me that I still need to work on. Cause you know, and you see people act unjust in society and you used to be that guy realize they need love. They don't need 
for you to be Mr. Freaking Alpha Dog, you know? Um, so those are things about me where it's a two front war, where that part of me that survived all that can really hit the wrong switch and go like, nothing scares me. Yeah, I might get my ass kicked and I might get killed, but I'm coming into this war heads full of steam. Or I can go, hey man, people just need to be loved. And at the end of the day, that's what it is. Rogers, like people just need to be loved. And, and you know, after what I've gone through and you'll see all the, all these dudes on there that, you know, there's phones in prison now. It's the, you're tatted up. Dude, kids nowadays look like they've done back-to-back prison terms. They haven't even seen a drunk tank with all the face and hand Dude, tats. And, the face tats, yeah. I'm out on that. When you, um, when you see these kids, is there, you've been through the throes of addiction, the prison, the whole thing. Um, do you, think there's such thing as a lost cause as a person like is there such thing i mean because like you see like some of these tweakers like we were talking about they get skitsy and they get all fucked up and they're talking to themselves do people come back from that or is it like that's just who you they are do, now? they do they're 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 and unfortunately there's there is lost causes out there you know um i uh i worked with a clinic um we're using um the documentary which we haven't talked about but we will um, we raised money for a clinic that's called a dual diagnosis clinic called Tender Love and Mercy out of Oceanside. And what I mean by that is you have people in there that have mental health issues and you have people in there that have mental health issues because of the drug abuse, right? And, you know, too much fries, the circuits. Uh, look at me. Uh, no, but <laughs> You're better uh, than most of the guys so I see standing on the street corner. Right? You got people that are, have mental health issues because they use too many drugs. And you have people that self-medicate because they have mental health issues. So right. it's a tangled web. Either way, I was able to raise money for a place like that and see what firsthand what the front lines look like. But there's some people, man, that um, that are dealing with clinical schizophrenia, and I wouldn't say it's a lost cause, but it's just something that family members in the mental health world have to deal with because the if you don't meditate, here's the scary part. Is I know I, I, I actually there's a couple of good friends in my community here in Carlsbad that are clinical, um, and you see ones that are medicated and they're very lethargic and they call, uh, uh, there's a term for it, but they're just like, the lights are on at no one's home. Uh, oh, yeah, flat affleck to look it up. It's a, it's a term for people that are just there, you know? Um, and then you have, um, you know, you, then you have the, the opposite people that are high and are also on a sick one mentally already without being high. So you couple those together, and that's what you see out in the streets right now. Well, scary, dude. Because so I got I went during my issues. I had like mad suicidal thoughts and everything. So this one night, I got way too turned up. I did like an eight ball of coke. I did like snorted like three Xanax bars. I was just like, I'm done. Yeah, I'm, I'm done living. Now. You know, I'm like, <laughs> let's go, bro. This is it. This is my time. So, anyways, they pink slipped me right. And there was a guy that I was in there with who had schizophrenia. And it's it's kind of scary when you're sitting next to people like that. Because they're talking to somebody else and they're so unpredictable. Yeah. Uh, it was scary. That was what I, I'll tell you what. And I think that was in that moment, I was like, man, I got to stop doing cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. There's very few people out there that can. They're there. I, and I know some that can, you know, kind of turn that on and then turn that off. But can, it can be real. It, it it does it it doesn't fix itself or like it or is it one of those things that just can't get worse you've already fried your brain that's it yeah, well i mean death is, is is probably at that point almost the answer okay uh it's 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 a tough topic man there's so many layers to that cake with the mental health issue obviously you couple that into homelessness mm-hmm. there's a whole other 
can of worms to talk about, but that's what we were going to say. We we're going to talk about everything. I'm watching it here in my own beautiful community. Um, shout out to the Compass. Let us use this. Compass yeah, thank you, you to the Compass. If you're in Carlsbad, get the address. We'll definitely the Compass. Right we'll now. shout them out for sure uh, on the post when we throw when we put this together too. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, in my own community, I've watched it exp- exponentially. Obviously, because the powers that are in place right now are putting laws into effect that make criminals more brazen. It's true. It's out there. Uh, shout out to a guy that I follow called The Street People of Los Angeles. The bio says, documenting the third world we know as downtown LA. It's fucked. And it's a heavy, heavy page to follow. And what you do see is you see brazen outside robberies. Uh, and, and not that, you know. Oh, that was the one we were talking about the other day. The one when I. Well, I mean, there's a there, so since COVID, since so many people, a lot of people just you know, they f- wear flashy shit. When you're in a big spot like LA too, like you get the wrong dude that sees you have a glistening watch, they call it a follow home robbery. They're gonna follow to your house with you know, call their homies. They already have it dialed in. That's the way that works. But that guy documents that on top of the homeless and mental health issues, and it really it is. It's all sad. Like I, I, I don't want to sit here and just bag on it because what it is, it's. It's, it's a lost system right. that created a very lost uh, infrastructure in the, it's everywhere. It's downtown Chicago. Why is it in these situations? Because when we flew in, we were walking over to our rental car place and um, like people have motor homes that uh, totally. don't work, don't register. Yeah. And they just post up right outside businesses. Yeah, it's insane. Well, and again, that has to do with the people that- It's like a city, in. bro. Yeah. Oh, they're- It's and like and a it's everywhere. city. I, they've gotten better in my city. And, you know, and shout out to uh, my brothers and sisters in law enforcement, man. A lot of times, politically, their hands are tied. I work at a facility, and today we had our local fire department, our local police department in there, and they're doing some training and doing some evals, uh, physical evals for, you know, a lot of them, you know, have a lot of injuries and stuff. So we help out with that um, just for performance on the job. But, um, you know, they have their hands tied. So when it comes to, like, you can't not tell somebody to not be, homeless it just doesn't work that way so where do you go from there well you have to go from the top down and that's one thing over time instead of just going and blasting people without doing much research that i have done and you get the wrong people voted in you get these laws in place case in point the famous one here in california anything 900 dollars and under just don't even chase them it's covered by the store's insurance right so you get really you get people walking into walmarts and walgreens and you in the East Coast, it's your version of Publix or uh, uh, Weigel's if you're in Tennessee. Shout out the Pub Sub. Yeah, and Pub Man, Sub. Shout out that's just all a banger, I, I need a give me a Reuben if you got one. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, you got you got these these places where um, these people are just putting these laws in order. So these people are going in and just loading up a cart for 900 or less and pushing it out. It's it's out there. It's all over. We gotta go to Walmart after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. It, it, but it's there, right? And you'll see a lot of like good Samaritans try to jump in, but you'll see a lot of them just let them take it. You know. So, and what happens is, is that builds that snowballs. Now, if we're gonna do that, you ain't gonna do shit. We're gonna rob people at gunpoint in freaking broad daylight. So here's something interesting. I uh, was watching the other day how they have uh, in Portland and Oregon they have legalized like all these drugs right like it's just yeah. the way it is you can get down with whatever For up sure. to like a certain point yeah and you got those open use areas wild so but i go look at it just so, tell me you're okay with that so i watched this video the other day and it was a news crew from british columbia that was coming there because they're going to be doing the same thing and they had rid along rode along with the police 
and it was fucked. I mean, these guys did an uncut video shoot, and it's gnarly, man. It's and, and it was, dude, one after the other. Narcan here, uh, OD here. This imagine dude shooting a, up, smoking fentanyl. I was like, what? Imagine the being fuck? an EMT or a medic in, in the Portland greater area. Well, they just post up around the corner. Now. Totally. They just stay there. There's no. There's like, no reason to leave. Good luck getting a, a little wink eye and trying to sleep on those shifts, dude. That's insane. It's it's scary though too. It's you know, but but they say the it's point, getting worse. Well, they say that's making the problem worse. It's not made it any better. I don't know what the theory was behind that. Look, that man, people can kind of just do it. It's hard to not get political when the people that are put in power that have let society unravel to this point, right, have allowed that to happen by well, gone with your bad self. Well, they have by by putting these laws in place. And I know because I used to be a criminal man. I know how the shit works. I have a rare skill set that I hope no one else has to figure out to get because of what I put myself through. So I see things in a different light. And with that skill set, I'm trying to use it for the better. You know, I try to keep my community safer. I know what I'm looking at. I know what I see. I know that I see crime growing in my own communities. I know see I see the cry out for help of the the, the forgotten about, the homeless, the drug addict, because uh, there's no programs in place for them. There's no... There's no rehabilitation process to help reintegrate them in society or those that are really downtrodden and actually have a mental health issue like clinical schizophrenia um, can get those those things. So watching this snowball over time, I have no choice but to speak out about it because I don't I'm not going to die going, you know what, dude, you could have opened your mouth and you didn't. Right. And woe to you out there who feel the same way I same way I do, but you're silent um, because that's. That's that's the worst part. Well, it's a majority. It, it is. It's it's the silent majority feel the same way I do. They're afraid to speak up. I got athletes that compete in these certain arenas, and that's their bread and butter. So are they going to bite the hand that feeds them? No. But the fact, the sure fact is, is that when these things start getting put in place, and the backfire will happen. Same, just like the vaccination. Um. You know, I've watched, there's another one. I've watched, I don't need to watch the news. I don't care what the fuck Fox says or CNN says. I know people that took the shot and two days later are dead now. I know people, I don't have to. And and you know what? God bless my friends and my family that did it out of caution and a duty to their family and to protect themselves. I love you for that. I'm not downing any, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, I'm an anti-mandate. You know, and when people got forced and lost their jobs, and now we're watching people drop dead. Yeah, you see it, and and, and and I feel like the people that are so indoctrinated or the people that got vaxxed are like, oh, I have to jump on this side now. Regardless if I feel it wrong in my heart, i got to speak out against it because I'm vaxxed, and I, want, I don't want to fucking feel stupid. It's not about that. It's just about standing up now for what you see to be the truth, and that is the fact that those were pushed on us and people are dying. So people have, uh, I, agree, I agree they were pushed. So for me, so this is a... It was kind of a weird topic because I had, so I have a six-year-old son. My son's mom was like, no, I don't want him vaccinated. My girlfriend at the time, uh, she's a doctor. So, like, it was mandatory that she had to get vaccinated. 100%. And same at that point for me. And I was very hesitant at first because I think just like you, you know what I mean? It's like like, everything sounds great. Did you get vaxxed? Yeah, I, did. I, I got vaxxed. I got both of them. And I felt I have not had any. It doesn't mean you're anybody. Like, well, there's going to be a plenty of here, here's, here's what I'm thinking, too. Is like, the way I approach it is, I don't know. 
so I love hearing what everybody else thinks because I I really don't know I don't know what to think I've heard so many different views I'm not I'll never forget my the like, problem is is and you can look it up you guys it's called VAERS V A E R S it stands for Vaccination Adverse Event Reporting System and they talk about all vaccinations and it is a government website okay this isn't a Republican or a Democrat thing before you guys get all uh, and it's there <laughs> clean as day that. These things were pushed under the premise of big pharma, lining the pockets of all the constituents and all the politicians that push this agenda on our public, our public service, our yep. doctors. Um, and then also they fed them the doctrine, you know, this hail Fauci BS. Um, and dude, what do you tell somebody that, you know, I got a dear friend of mine. She's a freaking warrior, man. She's battled cancer. Like, I don't know how many times she's had over 50 some surgeries. It's healthy. Um, but, you know, her doctor told her because of the way cancer in her heart is like, you know, don't do it because, you know, people are getting myocarditis. And these are things to think about. Um, and you guys, it's not so much that if you took the vax and the booster or you didn't get vaxxed at all. It's about um, seeing for things for what they are. And like I said at the beginning of the podcast, the objective truth. It's the freaking I don't care if it hurts you or makes you feel like you won the lottery. The truth is the truth. And that's what we need and what hasn't been given to us over the, since, since the pandemic, it's just been divide and conquer. And, and then of course, you know, you had, like you said, you had the vax and the non-vax, the maskers, the no maskers, and then you put those into other divisions. Well, most of those people are probably the red side and those are the blue. When no, I know plenty of people on both sides of that street. Uh, And that's, so you talk about lying with like people lying, the government lying, stuff like that during your throes of your addiction, during the everything that you were going through, three separate prison sentences? Yeah, three terms of incarceration. What, so like my, I had a huge issue with lying with my, with my ex. It was really what ended up being the downfall of everything that kind of happened to me was me just telling things that weren't true and, um, you know, just being an idiot. How has lying affected you in the sense of, um, how you know, lying change, affected me? Change in relationship. Yeah, I, I want to hear it. Yeah, for oh, sure. Oh, like as far as lying about what? I'm lying about everything. That, they, well, that's that's what I'm saying, though, right? Like, uh, that. that's it. Exactly. I, you know, I, I, I really try not to lie anymore. I mean, besides standard white lies, like, you know, you're running late for a client. You're like, oh, I stopped at a red light. Really, dude, you're still taking a shit. Um, uh, <laughs> stuff like that, you know. Uh but no, man. I mean, I, I push. I'm not at the strip club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, yeah. Why, why is it echoing and loud? What's that? Um, no, but I, I, I try to I, I try to be honest and I try to push honesty and try to be who I am unabashedly and unapologetically. Sometimes I have to apologize. Because um, I really do, like I said, man, I, I really want people to be the best who they can be and know that there's people out there like myself that care. And you know what's cool, dude, about my job? Um, not to get off. No, go. Line. Rock on, bro. Um, well, I mean, answer that question, dude. Like, yeah, besides what I said as far as, like, stupid little white lies, like, telling my wife I'll be done surfing in an hour, knowing damn straight I'll be home at four. Uh, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, no, I just I try to. Uh, the way that's helped me grow as a human and be better for other humans that um, I can be there for. Um, it's also, you know, the same way that uh, the product that I push, which is, you know, um, community, togetherness, oneness, and helping each other. Um, 
But I also premise this one doesn't mean you don't stand up for what you believe in because you can't just be a jellyfish like, oh, I love everybody. And that's cool. You can love everybody. I think that's what God says. But that's also what I love. I, I got to love you, but doesn't mean I got to like you. Oh, man. True. Amen. Brother. True. True. But yeah, see, you know, I mean, I, yeah, I try to be honest, dude, but I do. Uh, I am a highly flawed human, obviously. Uh, That's what I've noticed when I'm out here. I use that to uh, embolden, empower. And the coolest thing, dude, is like I was kind of wrapped back to, you know, the facility that I work out of. You know, they work with uh, our local law enforcement and fire department. Um, you know, they all know my story. I'm on. Uh, I, I, not shy about it. I think it's important for everybody. I think it's important for my relationship as a former criminal um, to have that with local law enforcement because that's what creates a community, right? We can rely on each other. We can help each other. We can most importantly open a dialogue of communication and help each other. Have you ever seen or met up with down the road here, like, you know, a cop that arrested you years ago? Or Oh, man, yeah. I, I was bowling last week and... Uh, Dude, this is funny that you brought that up. I was bowling last week, which is a new uh, hobby of mine. Bowling's really fun. Um, I just invested in a ball and shoes, and I probably don't have to buy those forever because it's not like I bowl that much. So, <laughs> But it's a new hobby, me and my wife and my buddy and his wife and my other buddy and his chick, and we all go bowl. But I was there, and this dude looks like David Letterman. I won't say his name, but, uh, you know, Carl's my cop, uh, retired now, but he bowls in a league there. So I walked up to him, like, Officer so-and-so, what up? I go, you don't remember, man, but I was like 16, 17. And it was like right here from where we're at, too. I go, you pulled me over, man. You were super cool about it. Let my sister, you pounded the car, but you let my sister come pick us up. And uh appreciate that. So he's like, oh, he didn't even, I mean, dude, this was back in like 96, 97. Uh, but, you know, fast forward all the way to now, he's retired. He's super cool. He was there with his wife. He's a big bowler, good bowler. Um, so yeah, totally. I, you got to understand too, man. Like a lot of the freaking stupid shit I did, I was an idiot. I did it within my own community. Um, and a lot of the cops within my own community are people that I also grew up playing soccer with and little league and T-ball and pop Warner and parks and rec basketball and went to high school with. So yeah, dude, I, you know, if you grow up in Carlsbad, are you probably staying in Carlsbad then? No, there's plenty of people that leave, but I thought, why would I leave Paradise? Dude, what you the know? fuck is And if you leave right. Paradise, it's harder to come back to Paradise because it is expensive. Um, but no, I, so case in point, now I, I see a lot of these um, people because that's what they are at the end of the day. That's just their job is their job. We're all humans. Uh, I see them and, you know, we talk and we joke and. You know, they're at our facility getting physical therapy work done or training. And uh, and even some of the cops that don't know me or weren't around when I was running amok, we talk shit and joke. And it's cool, man. Like I said, they're humans, too. You know, and you know, the funny part is we live in such a cop-hating society of everything that's happened of late. And at the end of the day, they have the gnarliest jobs. I wouldn't have to have to go and see what they have to see when infants are involved or children. <sighs> My like, stepdad was you a cop for 25 see years. They do. Like, you know. I, was, I get sick and tired of people that have a disrespect. I go, dude, who's the one that rescues the baby out of the tweaker pad that's going to die because it's been neglected and parents have been up for four days? They do, not you. You know, uh, we, we there's all, well, an apple spoils a whole bunch, but, you know, after doing what I'm doing and living the life I've been living, that's another thing, you know, is you learn to have respect for everybody. And that includes, even though I was a freaking inmate at one point, a criminal, the cops. And I'm, I'm cool with all of them. I think they're cool with me. Um, uh, if they're not, you know, 
Love up, homie. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I you know, I, I, we have fun. We have fun. Um, My stepdad was a cop for twenty five years, and respect. in That's Rock in, in Cleveland, Fuck and he was Cleveland. in like a, it's a good neighborhood though where I was in. He was in a suburb, and you know, obviously every Cleveland cop that goes out is. I mean, you you put your life on the line all the time. Cleveland yeah, ghetto is know. fucking crazy. But my, my stepdad know. used to tell me, man, more than more recently, because he came up in the age of like, you know, there's no, um, um, there's no body cams, and then it switched to the body cameras. Yeah. And what happened is, is everybody became this huge pussy ass bitch, and they and here's the thing is like. People, they're there to help you. Are there big cops out there? Absolutely, man. But I feel like more times than not, and this is included with times I've been arrested, where it's like, it's you. It's not him. You know for what sure. I mean? Like, he pulled you over for a reason, or somebody called the cops on you for a reason. But people are mean than a motherfucker, man. Dude, it, 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 there's... It, well, you know, we've developed and unraveled a society that is lawless, that is more dangerous now than ever, because there's more drugs in here not more now than ever, because that's another thing I know that a lot of people don't know. I've done time. I talked to dudes that either, either worked for them or were in them with what's going on in cartels in Mexico on this open border. And regardless, it's going to come across. But, dude, it's never been more gnarlier. Right now, what you're seeing is a byproduct with... We can talk about vaxes and people dying of COVID all we want, but the sheer stark reality is that more people have died, and we all know, from opioids and fentanyl than anything else. And with a short span of time and within a long span of time. So, you know, you want to start looking at pulling away these layers. That's that's the stark reality. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you stay clear-headed. You can't take everything and put it all on your shoulders. You know what you can handle. You know, I always say if God brought you to it, he'll see you through it. Um, but, um, you know, a lot of that stuff can get inundating on the mind when you think about it after a while, especially for people that have to go out and fight Um against those other people you know like like law enforcement so that's so you you deal with a lot of athletes right and yeah, so I, I mean i wouldn't say a lot but I, yeah i work, uh, I work with, yeah, you work with yeah. athletes right i mean yeah. what is uh over time yes a lot yeah what what do, you, what do you what are you doing with these guys and and then how important is exercise and just physical activity um, I know I'm in great shape, everybody. So I'm the guy to ask this question. How good is it to, or how important is it to your mental health? Well, you know, health is wealth. I don't care what your bank account looks like. If you're dealing with physical issues, i.e. high blood pressure medication, maybe not everybody has self-created diabetes, but maybe you ate yourself into diabetes. Um, generally people that keep their body in check also keep their mind in check. Generally, not always, but I mean, that was one of my saving graces was, and ended up becoming a career for me that God once again, blessing disguise was fitness and getting fit while I was locked up. But, um, for my athletes, I use all that. I instill that in them. Look at dude. I can't make you a better surfer. I can't make you a better fighter. I can't make you a better skateboarder. I can't make you a better snowboarder, a better football. I can make you stronger. But what I want to try to coach you on is what's going on between your ears. Because you could look like a great God and maybe even perform like one. But if things between your ears are unstable, generally I ask a lot of my athletes, especially if they're new on a performance level, how's everything going on at your house? How's your home? Because your home can be in shambles and in turmoil and then you act a certain way. But if you want a full level performance, it's across the board. Are you a good student? Are you a good boyfriend? Are you a good girlfriend? Are you a good son? Are you a good daughter? Um, 
because I work with a lot of young athletes. Are you good? Or, or my older athletes, are you a good husband? Are you a good um, father? Are you a good mother? Um, are you a good wife? And when I can get kind of that, I don't ask that right away, but that's what I work on. That's how the Glade Pro aspect is is here, right? The willingness to work through things that we'd rather just forget about or go sit on the couch and pout about. Um, and you hear a lot of these guys preach that, especially now, you know, with, uh, with um, you know, all the hardcore SEAL guys, like shout out to David Goggins, you know, his story's awesome too. Dude, just, that dude's trying, fucking Yeah, just nuts. triumphing over so legend. much stuff. Um, I love people like that. I grew up with another profound respect for, uh, respect to all my people that have served in the Army, Navy, Marine Corps, Air Force, Coast Guard. Um, did I forget any of them? Army, Navy, Marine Corps, Coast Guard, Air Force. Love you all. Oh, Thank you. you. I grew up in a family. Um, obviously, being born and raised in North County, San Diego, has probably got more Marine and Navy bases than anywhere it, it, per capita within our county. Um, and that's why I'm glad, blessed to be raised here. My grandfather was a Marine, um, MCRD. Anyways, but back to the point with my athletes. Yeah, man, I, it's up here. It's up here because if you can have this thing sharp, then you're going to be able to deal better with a loss. You're going to be able to deal better with a mistake that you made in a run you were doing because you got to be able to go, boom, in the rear view, water under the bridge, next run, next play. And that's what I try to work on. And then everything else is just a great refining culmination of kind of like, you're that diamond, man. But, you know, when diamonds are found, they're kind of rough and they're raw ore, but they need to go through that heat and that darkness and that process to come out shining and strong and tough and hard. Um, and that's my biggest thing, man, is uh, you can come to me. And I don't care, man. Like, I, I got uh, I got housewives that are some of the baddest motherfuckers I know. I should <laughs> oh, <for real? laughs> pull that one out. Yeah. <laughs> that way, some of the, I know some housewives and some moms out there are some of the baddest soldiers I know because of how they run their family and how many kids they got to Uber around and the food they got to make. And uh, big ups to moms out there that, you know, hold hold that that castle together and uh uh anyways but yeah man not to get off on a tangent um and that's like i said and again that's my client my clientele spans and that's cool thing dude i work with the most diverse vast for people that are your standard blue collar workers that are willing to pay that private fee yeah to come in and train at a private facility um to people that can just afford it and throw money in the wind and anything in between Mm -hmm. you know i know billionaires and millionaires so they, so they come into you athletes i know pro skimboarders and all the, oh, really? you know tennis players uh, you name it so do they come the to you though for like a special are they like are they saying listen bg i want uh, this is what i need to happen there this is where i'm fucking up or is it like i'm coming to you just because i want to be better like you know what i mean what's your specialty yeah, I, dude, I, I get people better, that um i get people that uh that 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 come to me because they want the mental coaching. It just so happens uh, the vehicle by which we mental coach is physical output. Right. You know what I mean? That's right. Absolutely. You know, I work with a guy that's uh, amazing, man. And again, out of respect, no names, but he's going to be sixty. Um, you know, I grew up in a hardcore abusive family. Hardcore. Some of the stories are just fucking atrocious, and I wouldn't even repeat them. But this kid grew up in cold New York, Jersey area, Jewish kid, gay. Uh, parents were tough on him. Um, he could never measure up, but he always tried. And that was through levels of academe, you know, being an academic warrior. He, you know, graduated Columbia and has a master's here and there. And he's a, a well-known 
uh, marriage and family therapist, and he lived in Hollywood for X amount of years, and he couldn't stand it anymore, so he moved here to Carlsbad. So I hear his stories about NDAs that he has now of prominent people in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, and the most screwed up, dude, like, are the richest. They are just, dude, the kids, well, dude, have no, I, they have no shot. Everybody wants the NDAs. They're raised so. by their nannies, and they're raised by the credit card, and they're raised by... Dad got me a Porsche for my birthday, and I wanted a freaking Beamer. Like these levels to this. This, anyway. <laughs> I mean, it's true I though, got right? Like, again, but that's that's my job. I get to see and talk. So this guy I'm talking about, right? He, dude, he did everything from like dang, dang near war journalism back in um, this is before your time, and I was a kid. But like, there was huge warfare going on in Panama between our government and the Sandinistas, and some of the political stuff that was happening in that era. And um, he was he, he was a reporter, and then he was, I think he was touted by the CIA to possibly you know go in and try to apply for him because you know they liked just all of his you know Ivy League education. And then he went back and got his law degree and was like, oh, I don't want to be a lawyer. Uh, I think I'll just go back into practicing uh, because of his uh, traumatic childhood, back into being a marriage and family. And he's a huge advocate for the kids. Um, now, you want to talk about a guy that I just love to death, and you could say that I'm a white Christian uh, conservative. He is a gay Jewish liberal, uh, and we shouldn't get along. And yeah. we, man, we, we tell stories. We love on each other. Um, we have our differences, and we're okay with that, but we look right past that at the heart, you know? And if, if, if I'm going to revolve this story down to the core of this podcast, that's it, is you're going to have differences, but the way we're going to heal is when we look at the similarities. And you know what that similarity is? We're all human. And we're all created by God. That's my opinion. It doesn't have to be yours. And we all have a duty to uphold one another and also stand up for what we believe in. Yeah, I, I was super pumped because I wanted. this is the kind of shit I wanted to hear from you. And for everybody who doesn't know, I had met BG through Poopies from Jackass. Yeah, Poop. Shout out Poops. Shout out the new poo. Yeah, and poop um, he's 60 days sober today. Yeah, poop. That's a big day for I'm him. Hot, baby. Um, Let's do this. He's a legend. Um, I want to hear um, your craziest poopy story that, oh, you, I mean, that dude, you would tell me. Like you said, he's reckless, man. We are reckless, a friend of mine bro. that's got uh, private property nuts. up on Palomar Mountain, a little local mountain here in San Diego. And we went up and did some mountain biking. And, um, yeah, you know, he's, that's why he, he became one of the newest members of Jackass. You know, you almost have to tell him, dude, like, slow down, dude. We're on, we're on these logging roads that my, my buddy's family owns, and there's miles on it, right? They, they own a 1,000-plus acres. It's massive. And, but it's cool because you get to go down these private roads that no one else is going to be on because it's private property. But he just sends it, dude. So it's almost like any time I do anything, like, with poops, like, he – it just makes me nervous because you just you're ready for him to wrap his freaking skull around something um but yeah you know poopies has tons of gnarly stories but that's always the, the mountain bike one was just always like finally like you know after all the traveling he's done and filming he's done uh what do you do getting getting him up there and getting doing something crazy with him like mountain biking doesn't have to be crazy but we turned it that way you know? was he doing like jumps or well no we we're just going down a logging road and hitting turns it was just a road but you have you know, pine trees and oak trees that drop twigs and sticks and branches that have fallen. And these things can go in your spoke and flip you. And, you know, well, he dude, oh, but he ended up flying off the side of the mountain 
And he's got footage that. of it too. It's funnier than hell. He was able to see it. He was able to see another day, but it was like that's well, like that, that's what I told him. Kind of like you were saying with the Akatia, I was like, yo, dude, tone it down a little bit. Dude. But that's poopies. When we were out there, bro, he like when there was no cameras, right? Like there's no one watching. These guys are driving it. It's just it's just me and poops. And we're fucking cooking. I'm I'm all the way geared out. He's but he's like fucking flying. He's down shifting. He's fucking, you know, wheeling up in the air, yeah. rolling over boulders. And a lot of people don't. If you haven't like gone well, if you on can a control TV that, force, it's a dangerous thing, right? You know, because I I told him, you know, this is true anywhere. Is that uh, controllable power is usable power, and uncontrollable power is unusable power. Right. You it's know, a great saying. He's got all that, but he's, he's put some control. <laughs> Dude, he's so wild. Shout out Poops, though, yeah, man. Poops. We we appreciate you, bro. Sean McInerney. Sean McInerney. There's his, there's his good Christian name, everybody. He does have a good Irish Christian name. Catholic name, I should say. When um, So what point? You get out of prison. Your third term. You're done. Um, you have to restart. Where does where, where's, How does that start? Yeah. I'll give you the cliff notes because obviously there's so much to it. But after my third term, when I kicked that dude in the head, I saw, you know, saying ghastly things to a young girl trying to mind her own business. Um, I got out. Um, my dad was always battled diabetes. Um, you know, it's big duty of six four. You know, at sometimes almost three hundred pounds, two nine. He's like a big O lineman. You know. Oh damn. Okay. Um, and there's another amazing thing about this man. He married my mother when I was a year and a half old. So I never knew my real dad. He would, he is, still is. Rest in peace. He died in 2013. But when I got out, I got out in June or July of 2013 doing a county year. And that was the final call. I was like, I got out. That was a county year? You didn't even go to prison. That's yeah. even worse. County's brutal. Yeah. Dude, because that's, that's, that's yeah. County's you guys want to know prison generally prison. have a job. You can turn your light on and off in your cell. County, you got no program. You got nothing coming. No. You got uh, a bunch of people sitting depends. in there waiting like, for yeah, trial. You go work in the kitchen and live where the trustees live, but that doesn't always happen. Anyways, um, I got out back to the grindstone. I got, got to stay sober. Because um, when I assaulted that dude, I was like 20 days into sobriety, but I was still very emotionally, mentally, and spiritually uh, ill. I was still fixing myself. How so bad you break? Just because I, I didn't have drugs in my system didn't mean I wasn't still sick. You Were know? you now when you say you beat this dude like to a pulp? Like no, here's what happened. I, I, we're driving by this beach area called Moonlight Beach in Encinitas. So I was going to a meeting on the Second Street meeting. Um, I heard him assaulting a girl. I was in the passenger seat of my buddy's Jeep. I said, "Hey, leave her alone." And some of that like fucker or something like that it, it, anyways unbeknownst to us we drove down the street circled around the block to park well that dude backtracked because we drove down the block made a left and then made another left to come back on the opposing street and he had saw us and then next thing i know he cuts the block in half and he's riding straight at our vehicle and stopped in, in the middle of the road on his bike he's like hey one of you guys have something to say and i just got triggered that was it like, wait you're gonna come hunt me down <laughs> And here's another thing. Mistake. <laughs> you guys will laugh. Here's here's another trigger because I can't stand them because they've been beating our asses all these years. He had a freaking Dodgers visor on, and I was a big Dodgers fan. Still am. Ha ha, we took the Dodgers out of the playoffs. Thank you very much. Anyways. Go Padres. So that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go Padres. Yeah. 
Go Cleveland Indians. Oh, yeah, my dude. Bad. Nationals. It's yeah. all about the it's all about the tribe. The tribe. Uh, I got love for uh, for Cleveland. Um, so he stops the car, and I just I I slap his head, and he falls over. And, you know, the visor goes flying. I look over, and we're right in front of the AA meeting. And that day, my buddy, I felt bad because I just felt like I took the thunder because of the mayhem. He was taking, like, a 16-year token. And so this the way we back parked, and he found us, ended up being in front of the meeting. So I get out of the car, right? And I, and I slap this dude. My buddy goes and parks, and he gets out. So I get done. That guy gets on bike. I'm like, you know, get out of here. And I have my shirt off, and... I'm walking back to my buddy's Jeep. I was like, okay, we caused a commotion. We're not going to go in the meeting now. So he, uh, the guy's walking to his bike, you know, looks at, and I, I have my shirt off and I have Carlsbad tattooed, an old person tattooed. You know, you represent your hood, your set, your territory. He's like, what? Carlsbad, this is Encinitas, homie. And I was like, okay, you want a set trip? Then we set trip. <laughs> so I ran over to him after he said that to me. And he's trying to get on his bike and wheel away. And I was, I grabbed his backpack, pulled him off his bike. At, like we're going like two miles an hour. Like he just started pedaling. And in mid fall, I just, just a tie kick to his forehead and it just split open. Oh, and you could see nice. it was just a perfect shot. It was one kick. Anyway, Chuck Norris. He falls over. I see blood coming out. And I, I'm like, I'm already like, good job, Brandon. You're done. It's over. You're done. You're freaking done. So here's how the story, we took off. I was probably out for four or five days, didn't hear much. I came home one day, I was still living at my parents' house, putting my life back together. And um, the guy at the front gate, it was in a retirement community, he's really cool. And he's a, you know, he's an old, old, old Mexican dude. He's like, hey Brandon, he said, hey man, they, I know you're a good dude, dog, but I just wanna tell you, man, they came looking for you today. And my heart dropped. Oh, dude. So I almost got worse. choked up. I was like, his name is Vic. I'm like, thanks, Vic. And he, you know, waves me. And my parents lived in this retirement community. And I remember just going home and breaking down on my parents. And again, third time, I was like, Mom, Dad, here's what happened. Here's the fight. Well, it wasn't a fight, really. Here's what happened. Tell them that story. I haven't heard nothing. I go, but Vic just told me that they came looking for me. So my dad goes, all right, son. You know, being the amazing man that he was, an example he was of just unconditional love. We get in his car and we drive to the sheriff's department in Encinitas and I get up there and I say, hey man, uh, I just want to report an incident that happened a week ago. I, I, I told on myself, and the reason why I did, you know, snitches get stitches, but I stitched myself, was I was tired of living that way. I was tired of my acting out of my anger. Uh, and I was just tired of, I wasn't gonna run anymore. And I knew they were looking for me, so I wasn't gonna wait for them to pick me up. It's a weird feeling when that weight yeah, comes off so your shoulders sitting with me after two prison terms in a sheriff's department his health is shitty so anyways uh, i go talk to the detective he was like taking it back he's like dude we appreciate it he goes you know this dude i think he's homeless so come to find out the guy that i kicked was a bona fide piece of shit okay he had sex charges in his past they couldn't find him oh you beat him a pedophile yeah oh, i don't feel bad so anyway well you know as the judge says like brandon you could have called the cops he goes you got two freaking violent prison priors and you can't do this anymore Come to find out, I heard the judge was even more lenient on me because he had a daughter that had been assaulted. So yeah, he gave me a you assaulted the right guy. Four months, yeah, four months and twenty five days, and I got out to furlough and just started building my life again. But at that point, I was with my dad, and he was 
started having worse health issues. He had a couple toes cut off because of diabetes. So getting out that third term, uh, my father passed away on October 13th, uh, or talk, October 12th, 2013. And that was it, man. I was like, I, I can't live this way anymore. Uh, I'm going to work this one out. You know, I'm going to get over parole, probation, and just... I'm not going to be a firefighter anymore. Obviously, I screwed that up. Well, I, I was. I, you know, that's another part of my story. You know, shout out to uh, Golden Eagles Hot Shots, Saquon Fire Department, down on Saquon uh, Indian Res. You know, they they really took a, sh- a chance on me, man, and I got to fight fire with those guys for quite a few seasons. And uh, you know, as they they get a lot of guys that come out of the inmate fire camps and try to become a hot shot or a wildland firefighter, which is big in California. Wildfires obviously speak right. themselves. So. But those are things that I got to do from the blessing disguise of prison. But fast forward to this final term, you know, after getting out and all that, it's new that it was just time to go back full fledged into being a coach and a trainer, using all this history and all these connections to brand and market myself and use this platform I just found out about called Instagram. Because, uh, you know, Facebook was there. BG's killing it on Instagram. What's that? You're killing it on Instagram. I, you know. I, You're I, doing great. I got, what? I got a, I got a he gives himself no credit at all. Like, You're pretty popular. I go, I got, most people have tens of thousands, not hundreds of thousands. I got, I just, I just broke the 4K mark. And yeah. Just what the fuck but are you? Great. I get constantly asked by those, by followers. I wonder why I looked at my, how many people I was following. Speaking of Instagram, I was like. I'm following 4,500 people because that's how they trick you. You don't see, you don't see the followers following go up. You just wait for you. You want how many people are of following course, you. Of course, yeah. You so got to show the love back, though, I feel like. If you guys didn't like. make the cut, I love you to death. I've just seen enough. Yeah. I'm tired of seeing little Johnny's soccer game. I'm happy for him. Uh, I don't need to know that you're at the grocery store looking for rice pilaf. Um, or what you had for fucking you. dinner. Yeah. Uh, you know, hey. Social media is what you want to make it. I think we can still make it a beautiful place. Unfortunately, it's not for the most part. But um, you know, I still try to use it as a, a platform of change. You've, uh, when you described that last prison term, you kind of kind of touched on the fact that the reality of it was is um, the way I took it at least was you were just sick of yourself, right? Yeah. I well, mean, I mean, I, I as you you'll hear in like recovery, you know. You got to get out of your own way, and if you can't get out of your own way, you usually trip on yourself, and that's the form of getting loaded. Dude, that's exactly what happened to me. I was like, got to the point where I was like, look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, I'm so fed up with you, dude. Like, how many times are you gonna fuck up? Dude, I've looked in the mirror. I've cried and yelled at myself, just sobbing. I, I go out a lot of times too. There's this area out where we uh, here in Carlsbad called Calaveras Hills, and they've got some beautiful trails, and we go out there, and you know, I take my dogs out there almost daily, and. I'll hit my knees, dude, in the middle of the dirt trail and just pray and just be grateful that for some reason he wants me alive still. Uh, and that's a big, big, I use that. It's a big weight on my shoulders in a good way to use everything he's brought me through to hopefully make the world a better place. For a lot of people, I won't because there's a lot of things that I just won't stand for or be coerced to believe in. But I will still continue to love those people. Um, I'll still continue to try to make the world a better place. Um, you know, I need to be a better human. I got a lot of work to do, um, and that work will never end. But uh, along that journey, I will make sure that I inspire and uh, hopefully give people a little message of hope. Because you're going to know people out there are going to struggle. They're going to be struggle from their millionth battle with cancers and different medical issues. Obviously, with drugs and alcohol, I don't know one single person that has been affected personally or from a loved one they knew and that's been affected 
albeit through addiction and incarceration and rehabs or death from from this this drug and alcohol thing um, that happens so prevalent here in America. We're the worst. We we are the pigs. We are the ultimate indulgence. We are the biggest customers of the drug market globally, um, and it shows. Um, but I'll always be an advocate to stand up and walk shoulder to shoulder, as I always say, with anybody that needs help. You know. How important was uh, having a routine when you first got out and filling your days and being oh, busy? Routine's everything, dude. Idle hands are the devil's playground. Why? Because when you don't got nothing to do, you're going to find something to do. And usually whatever you find to do is not going to be the right thing. <laughs> gang, gang, baby. You already yeah. know. Oh, dude, I, I, you know. It does, man. That's exactly what it called, is. Our cl- cliches are, are called cliches because they're true. That's what you're sick and tired of hearing them. But, yeah, you know, it's like uh, – you know, if you walk like a duck and quack like a duck, you're probably a freaking duck. Yeah, you know? dude. That's so, it's funny you say that, though, because w- without routine, like, I've, um, I made the mistake of isolating when I was going through it, right? I didn't have anybody We're going to go. Yeah, do it. I'm just going to hold this for a second. Do your thing. I'll send you all to the videos, too. But, um. But are you happy with Roger Berry, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you to BG coming on the pod today. My man. And I love live. it. Yeah. Thanks, uh, to Compass. Yeah, shout out Compass. Um, anyway, dude, shout out Compass though for real. This place is sweet. Yeah, dude, the food, man. I wish you guys, I wish it was. Uh, I wish the chef was here, but I don't think he was. They closed it off for us today. Yeah, he's here. Fuck. BG it. hooked it up. Wait, you. So you're filling your time. You're filling your days. Um, now, like, oh, routine. You're saying routine. Yeah, routine. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, dude, it's. It's imperative for anybody, I think, to have a routine. I don't care if you're a retiree or, you know, there's a time to relax. There's a time to get up and just, like, stimulate yourself, you know, walk, whatever. So that that goes down to very intricate routines that people that are pro, excuse me, pro athletes might have to somebody just uh, retired after working in, you know, telecom communications for the past 40 years, you know. It's crazy because – I even noticed this with the older older people, right? <clears throat> they're in a routine. They're working their job. They're going to retire, right? And then they retire, and maybe they'll fuck off or find something to do for five or six years, and then they sit their ass on the couch, they watch TV, and they fucking rot, right? And so, like, it's crazy even, like, um, recently I found out, like, my grandparents are going into a um, – Assisted, assisted living home living, yeah. like an independent living but like i'm pumped for my grandma who's going to be able to like go socialize for the first time in fucking 15 totally. years and stuff because very important and um but i noticed we need to take care of our elderly as well there are there are a lot of people that get shunned too well and, and when you but when you isolate yourself and i kind of compare that to what i went to is like be, you know sitting in the house alone getting caught in your own thoughts i'm sure you've been there where you're like literally talking to yourself dude my brain and is... i was just fucking off my rocker bro like your brain can be your worst enemy oh it might yeah. still 100 maybe some people can relate to this but sometimes you just have to tell your own you know between the ears just to shut up shut up you know that's happened plenty of times that uh i stole this you know so many good little one-liners from you know recovery program but it's your itty bitty shitty committee they start talking <laughs> You know, they can they can really they can throw you for a freaking tailspin, man. If you don't get your and again, the mental mental mind game, you know, getting that in check is super huge. And part of getting that in check is very three simple things. Eat right. You don't have to eat perfect. You have have great days where there's all kinds of eat right, sleep right, and have a good active lifestyle. 
Though there, you want a trifecta of a secret? There you go. Eat right, sleep good, active lifestyle. I didn't say you have to be a lift weight lifter or an athlete or eat kale uh, sandwiches uh, with only organic uh, grass-fed um, game hen. Uh, so don't take it too seriously. But there's your trifecta: eat good, sleep good, and have a good active lifestyle. Boom. You have? Um, do you have any? Do you have any kids or no? No, but I got married last September to uh, my beautiful wife, Jessica Lauren Conrad Glade. Well, congrats. Um, and hopefully we'll have some grommets here pretty soon. But, dude, you know, her and I, we see just the current climate we're living in. And, you know, we, we're going to have kids. Uh, and I look forward to it. And I, you know, you know, I think in any man, I think there's that innate sense if you're, I don't know, raised like I was, that you want to be a dad one day. You I know? love being a parent. So there's the... the and that's the thing that kills me too. Is I look forward to being a dad because there's no beautiful selfless act of parenting, right? No. Moms and dads, you know, watching the, it's a sacrifice. You know? It's so fun too. It's weird. I, for me, when I first was a parent, it was like probably Which the is first thing six this administration months. wants to abolish. Well, uh, here you have kids and parent. We're going to tell you how that's done. Well, like this is where I was going with this though. I, I was curious on your take of social media, mental health specifically how young these kids are starting i mean my son is a fucking first grader and there are third graders second and third graders in his school walking around with cell phones totally and i'm just not down with the cause i'm yeah. not doing it i you think know? that balancing again you know uh and it freaks me out because social media is scary he gets on like some of these games dude, these and like so, you just don't know i don't want to say it's a lost cause dude because a lot of times i feel that darkness inside me where i know i know my when I was young, my exposure to like, you know, I had a friend of mine when I was a kid and we always knew his, his dad, John, John had the playboys, you know, <laughs> this is way before, dude, now these kids can go straight to hardcore mm -hmm. on their phone, their tablet, and you would never know. Yeah, um, dude, they and, can. And that's another thing that scares me too, with this generalization of just the sexualization of children, not even saying the, 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 the way they're trying to normalize pedophilia but just the generalization of how they're trying to sexualize children. This does dude, it's happen. everything, dude. It's, it's everything it, it we is do. Everything, man. But you know, <laughs> there's a, there's a very, when innocence is stolen and that's what I believe when I see these drag show story times with these kids watching these men dressed up as women, with that's their a little weird packed in this little thing yeah, where this demented, twisted backwards agendas being pushed. I just, I, that's where I say sometimes I lose I, I don't know how a mom can go I'm going to take my kid whose brain is innocent right. and steal that innocence by putting images <clears throat> in its head as young as one as young as two as young as three well, it, as young as four with dude and here's another thing you'll hear I don't care if you're straight if you're de if you're dressed sexually and moving in provocative ways you are the problem it just so happens that I don't know why this trans agenda and these drag these drag queen shows have been going on in schools and story time for kids. I just don't get it. Well, it's nothing against them. It's the sexualization of children. Like I said, it could be straight woman or man strip teasing in front of kids. Well, I think it's weird though, because you, you're in like, it's it, if you're not, no matter what happens, what comes out of it, you're going to confuse at least one of those kids. And when I say that, I mean like my kid's going to come home and be like, yo, like, what the fuck was that? Understand. bro? Yeah, like why is dad, he dressed he like a chick? Ground. Yeah, that's weird. It, dad. Why he he was dressed in a thong, but I could see his wiener. 
Yeah. It's 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 fucked up, dude. Yeah, it, and then the do- and then somebody's yeah, daughter comes home and goes, "Hey, he was in the same bathroom as that's, me." And that's where I draw the line. Yeah, man, know? me like, too. That's another thing. Like you were talking about the you know the whole man being able to trans men or trans women. I for, always forget. It's a man that's trans. So they call him a trans woman, right? If it's a man that trans to a woman. I don't yes. know, man. I just call a trans him. man was a woman. I'm just. Trans- I well, okay. All right. Let me let me let me ask you this. Hold your thought. Let me ask you this. Okay. I had a lady when I was in the car business. Like, this is I don't know. Fucking year ago, drugs, whatever. So, whenever it was, like a year ago, and I had this woman come in that was every bit of six three, two fifty, with like not a good looking two fifty. You know what I'm saying? Not yeah. wearing it well. And I caught he or he or she she had a purse, um, but like. Anyways, I called him him, and it was like, I don't know what you want to be called, you know? And he was like, it's her. It's like, my bad, dog. Yeah, like, look you at know, you, man. I, I, I don't, like, I don't, I don't mind either. calling people that stuff. Part or his part. It's just, there's, there you go. Now but where's the line, like, right? Because now, now I'm in this liberal world culture. I'm looked at as the asshole. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because well, I didn't call my girl. answer to that one. What? And I have to drop him just to probably <laughs> want never to know because he's got trillion followers and he is he is blazing a trail that a lot of people don't like and that is dr jordan peterson oh i love that dude yeah he's just, i love that dude. and here's the thing about jordan is like he's he, you can't say he's wrong unless you're just totally brainwashed to not think that he's right right you know i mean i know that a lot of his views obviously he's got a good faith in the lord but he's not wrong if you look at a lot of stuff he says i mean there's a guy that is well read well thought took his time to articulate Everything he's going to stand up for, for the sheer fact of truth and nothing but the truth. And I would so say, I would dare God. say he's one of the best to articul- articulate the way he has. Yeah. Because he's very straight to the point. There's not a lot of garbage jumble words or anything like that in between what he says. It is, this is this. Well, he's so freaking smart, it blows the doors off your ears. And he's unforgivably himself where, like, even if something like they're trying to strip his license right now, I believe in Canada. Yeah, right? brutal. And... For you want the, to talk about a Nazi country, man? Look at Canada, dude. Like what? So actually, no guy dumb bumped his head. What about? I was to say shout out to Sean Ryan. He interviewed a Canadian spec ops guy, a uh, sniper, and the Canadian government tried to shut down his podcast, saying that he was talking about classified things when the same gun they were talking about. You can go online and go look at specs, right? Oh so no, shit. Yeah, but it's just the, it, it is the censorship, and again, I said that where. The powers that be. Oh, wait. I think I know who you're talking Sean Ryan's a... He used to be a CIA, but he was a former... I think he was a Green Beret spec ops guy. But they raided his house. Is that correct? No. Am I thinking of somebody think, else? I think that was somebody else. I don't okay. think they raided Sean Ryan because I follow him pretty... He didn't say anything about that, but they tried to... They got a hold of his lawyers because he's got a great podcast. I think it's called... Um, valiant or valor or i forget sorry sean if you ever see this but any anyways no with that being said um i don't think they did but you know it just shows you like and even in our country the level by which they're willing to suppress the truth to push their agenda period and unfortunately the left go well dude for the past almost five years man that liberal agenda has been ruled on all those platforms and we all know well i mean look who owns it yeah, exactly. That's what I'm I mean, like, like, when you get, like Bezos owns the Washington Post for sure. I mean, what are you gonna do? Yeah. So here, I got, we got to get to this because yeah. I know you're gonna have to go. You got a documentary coming out. Yeah. So the do- here's check this out, everybody. So a few things. I really want to use it, just like I told you guys earlier in the podcast that uh, you know I, I was able to raise 
money and give it to a great foundation, which is what I want to do with the movie. Um, but I want to get it out on a free platform sooner than later on a U- on YouTube, just so anyone can go and watch it. So I don't have to wait for a premiere or one of my posts. So it'll be coming. Stay. I just want to get. That way I'll be able to premiere it. I'm going to do it like a couple more times. And then by the end of the year, it'll be, people will just be able to watch it on YouTube. But and what's your it, big goal with it? Like what is, what, what's, the mess- what's the what's the message? You raise want? money and awareness to help people that dealt with the same demons I dealt with. Man, that's so that's cool. Yeah, it's just, yeah, drugs and alcohol and recovery. Um, because if you can't get that under control and nothing's, everything's out of control. And that's the biggest thing I want to do. Because the story is about my life being out of control and how it happened and the, you know, and big shout out to my buddy Jade Dio that, um, or Day, I'm sorry, Jade, if I said it, who was a guy that approached me that heard through someone he worked with. He worked at like an online news station, um, and he kind of was on the side doing little YouTube docs about surfers, but it was about surfers that were like artists. And that wasn't about surfing, but that that was a common right. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. So he heard about me, and um, the rest is history. So uh, from 2017 to 2020. You know, we waited to get it done and edited and, um, you know, and it was just a huge blessing for me to use this as a tool to help people. And that's my biggest goal with that is to just help people. It could, I could you raise money and give it to an orphanage in Nicaragua for crying out loud. I don't care as long as it, you know, I believe that God had it made so it can help inspire others that think that just because you made these horrible choices and had to face the consequences doesn't mean life's over. It's a good feeling to find out it's not. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. They um. So I ask every. This is the final question I got for you right now, and I, I feel like I, I, dude, I feel like I could sit here with you for like six hours and go at it. Um, Next one, I'll fly out to Cleveland. We'll go to a ball game, dude. Let's go. So, um, I ask everybody this. Uh, uh, it's kind of a two part question. On a scale of one to ten, where would you rate your happiness? And then, if it's not at a ten, what do you think you can do to achieve that or get damn close to it? Dude, you know, a lot of people that know me, you know, I wear, I wear my heart on my sleeve. That's why I'm sleeveless. Does that make sense? Not a bad joke. Anyways. Um, but I'm, yeah, dude, I'd, dude, every day because of what I put myself through, you can put me out of 10, even if I'm not at a 10, because I know I was hopeless. I was lost. I was shunned and rightfully so for what I did to my friends, family, community. And I thought nobody had anything to do with me. And now where I'm at, where I'm able to, like I said earlier, have people call on me for help, I answer those calls. And, yeah, sometimes it's tough when you you get inundated, man. People are suicidal. Um, you know, it's a, you see these people, man. Like, for instance, on a side note, like I, ran, I, I, I travel a little bit. And I remember a while back I was traveling with uh, one of my fighters. And we were sitting at the bar. And there was this guy and this girl. And you could tell they had their com- computers. I could just tell that they were influencers, mm-hmm. right? And, I, and I, I'm open book. Anyways, kind of find out this girl has 500,000 followers. She's sponsored by this yoga clothing company. Um, I she love flies around pants. the world with her laptop, her camera, and her cell phone. And vlogs. And these beautiful. And she's got 500K and it's paid for. She's, she's, but here's what I'm getting at. Even so, telling her my story, she opened up. And in the past year and a half, she was saying that at the, this was two years, three years ago, I was traveling. Um, even so, with all that exposure and the followings and all the likes and the comments and being sponsored and traveling and tropical locations, she would still have 
suicidal ideologies. So what I'm getting at with this term of happiness is a lot of people are fighting that fight on the surface, but inside they're broken, they're lost, they're confused, um, and they don't have any answers to some of those questions that are taunting them. Um, and for where I'm at of my happiness now, I want to come into your darkness with you and help you walk into the light. And that's where God's got me right now. Because I see people, they open up to me. And I'm not going to show you my DMs. I don't need to, man. But like, I can look you in the camera and tell you guys, hope is never lost. Nothing's ever irreparable. As long as you're alive and breathing, God has a reason for that. Now what are you going to go do about it? That was the best answer I've had for that question yet. And I really appreciate it. Love you, Ryan. Love could, you, brother. Uh, I couldn't ask for a better um, chance to voice myself, my, my platform, my beliefs, and most importantly, my love for everybody. Um, whether I say new stuff that you like or not, I still love you. You don't have to love me back, but you can't stop me from loving you. I love that, dude. Well, thank you all for listening. And, dude, thank you again, BG. You're the man. For yeah, real, right. for real brother. Too. God bless you guys. Thank you. Like, subscribe, comment. But are and, you happy? Uh, but are you happy?